Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I am here with Trevor Lynch, author, speaker, and coach, and I'm really excited to hear everything he has to share with us today and really excited about his book, Yes, You Freaking Can. Hi, Trevor. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. So happy to have you today. How are you feeling? Great. Good energy and um, excited to be with you and share some stories and um, I guess whatever could be useful and interesting for your listeners. Absolutely. Yes, I'm just really elated to have you here and thank you for your time today. Um, But could you share a little bit more about yourself and just how you got to where you are today? For sure, for sure. So I'm Irish, living in France, and I'm working in Switzerland. Um, Funny mix. So if you have a question about the accent, it's Irish accent, probably with an Irish brogue to it still. Um, (laughs) I moved out of Ireland in 2001 um, with my ex-wife and our two daughters. And I'm now living in a very quaint village in the east of France, in the middle of the vineyards, um, which is a dangerous place to live if you like white wine. In fact, it's a village that's very, it's a very touristic area and um, yeah, surrounded by vineyards, which is quite nice. Um, What I do for a living is in the space of people development, Um, mainly professionals and people leaders on developing their leadership skills or soft skills and specialized in helping folks boost their level of self-esteem and their resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what my book is focused on, actually. And it came from a place of... I was experimenting with different techniques in there throughout the years. I just know what's in there really works for when you want to be better or show up as your best self for a particular event or when Mm -hmm. life knocks you over and you need to bunks, not just bunks back, but even bunks forward and be better somehow from what's just occurred. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started that journey of this writing project around 2018. Mm -hmm. I got sucked into other projects and came off it until I had an accident um, Mm -hmm. summer 2019 where I was in a Paris hotel Mm -hmm. and at four o'clock in the morning was thirsty um, took an avian water bottle from the locker next to the bed and realized it wasn't water it was 
a multi-surface cleaning fluid that the <gasps> cleaning lady left in a New Avium water bottle. Um, oh, why did she do that? Oh my I don't gosh. know. It's for practices in the hotel, and it was completely transparent, so it looked like water as well. And um, oh, no. after I consumed it, I realized what it was. So I had ten. I had a ten-hour stint in a an accident, an emergency in the middle of Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I consumed it, I thought, "Whoa, okay, is this it? Should I call my kids?" I mean. It wasn't a, a an acid burn. It was a um, an alkaline burn, which takes longer. Um, mm-hmm. But I was really lucky. So you know, I had four weeks of internal burns, but it didn't burn through the esophagus, so I survived it. And I realized, wow, okay, that was the second accident I had actually in the space of ten days, because when I was in Paris, I had both arms in a cast after coming off my bike. Oh, no. Yeah, so after all of that, I thought, you know what? There's a reason why I'm still here. Mm -hmm. What's the reason? What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. And that brought me back to finishing Yes, You Freaking Can because I know it works and I know it'll help people to overcome challenges. So, for example, you know, some people don't like to speak in public or you know, you might be nervous going on a first date or um, showing up at your best for a job interview or, you know, life has knocked you over somehow and you need to get back on your feet and bounce back and keep going. Um, so because I knew it worked, I said, look, I really have to finish this. Whatever it costs and time and money, I just have to do it because whenever my day comes finally, then I would really regret not having made that contribution if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tested everything in there on myself, plus people I've coached. Um, I can give you some examples later on if you like. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'm so excited. That's crazy that it was kind of like, you know, so much hitting you at once like kind of in close proximity with those challenges um were you able to kind of shift or did more challenges hit you after that or was like okay let's let's fix this now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was um it was a challenging time because having both arms immobilized you know from Mm. after a bike fall was it was challenging already and then having um consumed that liquid by accident then Mm. um it took some how do you say flipping of my mindset to get back into a good place because i did at Mm -hmm. one point start to ask myself why is this happening to me did i do something in the past i deserve this now or what what's what's going on here Mm um you know especially as the um, I didn't realize until weeks later that I still had those internal burns and I came to a realization that, you know, well, burns can get infected. And when it's outside your body and your skin, you can see it so you can do something about it and react quite quickly. Mm-hmm. When it's on the inside, you don't necessarily see it initially. So it can, you know, it can be quite complicated if, if something like that happens. Um, and when I started to focus on that, I was in a place where, you know, I just thought, you know, I can't take any more of this, like, seriously you know, what's next. Um, and 
I think it's quite normal for our brains to go into a place of negativity because we do have this negativity bias, this um, ability of the brain to look at things and identify any possible risk just as a, mm-hmm. as a survival mechanism, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it takes some conscious effort usually to flip it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going through something like that can often mean, you know, sitting in front of Netflix for the evening, um, often with a couple of glasses of wine, possibly, but in that case, no, because I had those internal burns, but <laughs> doing, doing something where you just kind of, you're just sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself a little bit and going into a place where you're telling yourself all these crappy stories. Mm-hmm. And I think going there, you know, for whether, whether it be a few minutes, a few hours or a few days, fair enough. But then it's really key to flip it. And mm-hmm. um, how I did it in any case was asking myself different questions so I could tell myself a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you know, what is this here to teach me or what's positive in this or what do I still have in my life rather than focusing on what I couldn't do anymore or at least Mm -hmm. temporarily and asking those questions give much more empowering answers. Mm -hmm. Now it's not always easy to do. I do find that if you're sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, it's not always easy to find answers to those questions. But when you get up and move, whether you go for a walk or run, do some exercise, but physically move, I find it does help your brain go into a different space, um, Mm -hmm. change your state. And when you're in that better state, then you can more easily find answers to those kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was really powerful was where I called in the book, finding the diamond in the mud. Um, And it's basically finding those beautiful moments in your day and focusing on those. So gratitude practice, I guess, is what it could be termed as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, what you focus on gets bigger. If you have a pain in your head and you focus on your headache, what happens? You normally, it feels more intense, right? You normally feel it more. Um, and then, you know, 30 seconds later, somebody calls you, you need to do something. Physically, your headache is still there, but now you're off doing something else. You almost forget mm-hmm. that the pain is there, but it's maybe physically still there. So whatever we focus on gets bigger. Um, mm-hmm. And focusing on those beautiful moments in the day or what we still have in our lives can take up that mental space and push out some of the negative talk or negative stories that we have. Mm-hmm. So I do find that extremely powerful. Um, and you can start f- going into that exercise, if you want, where you're feeling like the world is on your shoulder, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, or you might be feeling angry at what happened or frustrated, etc. And just by connecting with let's say connecting with your heart sitting there closing your eyes and thinking about anything beautiful that happened in the last day or two or whoever's in your life that you still have etc 
um, that can create a much different sensation inside. So feeling of warmth, feeling of lightness and coming out of it, at least for me, I felt, you know what? Okay, a lot of crap has happened in the last while, but this is still a beautiful life and I'm still mm-hmm. very privileged. So it just helps for me, for me, at least it helped flip my mindset in, in that direction. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that is a really useful um, tool or way of like kind of getting a grasp on your mind before it spirals is to kind of shift on something empowering or something that brings gratitude because we can only feel like one emotion at one time. Um, like we can shift quickly, but we can only feel that time. So I think that's really helpful. I, I love that that way you're able to kind of shift out of where you were instead of like possibly getting even worse. So I could only imagine just the feeling of just feeling immobile, feeling so like stuck, like I can't do anything but sit here. So very, very powerful. I'm glad that you healed. How are your arms now? They're perfect. They <laughs> see yeah, it all t- works out well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, awesome. um, most things don't last forever. Right. I believe. Yes, it feels so permanent in the time, but they do shift. Everything does change eventually. So that's always good to remember too. Exactly. Exactly. There's always light mm-hmm. at the end of that tunnel, right? And that tunnel may be extended sometimes. Um, and I do find that, like, for example, with COVID and they, it kept extending and the mm-hmm. um, the restrictions, for example, went on and on. So the tunnel got longer and longer. And seeing the light in the tunnel at that point and not waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel, so waiting for the event to pass, Mm-hmm. can be very very long uh, and some events you know some health challenges may never pass right so mm-hmm. there may not be the light at the end of the tunnel so finding the light while you're in the tunnel in that case is really really key mm-hmm. you know that you're not just focusing on the darkness of what's actually happening but you're you're finding um light somehow again depending on what you focus on so mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to look i believe but when you do look, are you put yourself in a place where you see it differently, even if it is very challenging? And I think at times, depending on what we're going through, it may be challenging to find those beautiful moments or find things that we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. But there are ways, I think, of um, getting into that space more easily by, for example, you know, um, thinking of somebody who's living living on the street in their in the same city or just around the block from you what would mm-hmm. they appreciate about the life that you have as an example mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of one way of helping yourself realize some of the things that you still do have mm-hmm. um, which depending on how bad you you're feeling may not always be obvious to find just by sitting there and um, pondering you know mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh, yeah, that's very true. Absolutely. Um, There's always like, you know, worse space to be in, even if it's like, (laughs) I'm sure someone that would want, you know, to be able to have life 
or to be able to just breathe okay can look at someone that's on the street and be like I just wish I had his breath you know like there are so many different um, perspectives to look at it so it is just so important to focus on you know what is working well versus what's not working you know definitely definitely and I was hospitalized with COVID last November for three weeks oh my goodness um and it was touch and go initially um but after 10 days or so maybe two weeks I realized thanks to one of the nurses just having a conversation with me that the person I was sharing the ward with he was homeless now he was mm. he was hospitalized as well for COVID plus some other stuff and when I walked by his bed one day you know on the way out of the ward the sheets were down and I just saw that he had from his above his knees down he didn't have any any legs anymore um, mm. and he was just so calm and accepting of his situation and nice with the staff and I just realized wow you know why would I even complain I'm going back to a beautiful life in comparison with this poor gentleman has so why would I even complain about what I have you know, and that mm -hmm. put things into perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very empowering story there. It's always, always a different reality right next to us. It's crazy. <laughs> For sure. Um, so I'm excited to learn more too about just kind of getting our minds in the right place before we go into it. Something that's important to us. I know that can really trip a lot of people up. Like, all of their insecurities and fears start coming up beforehand and can end up like making things go wrong because <laughs> we're just kind of so anxious and nervous. So um, I'm excited to learn more about that too. Sure. Sure. Um, while we were on the hospital example, let me give you an example from that. Okay. Actually, <laughs> um, me and needles never got on. You know, have a kind of a phobia mm. to needles, like, you know, somebody taking my blood or something like this. I always had a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. And during that hospitalization for COVID, I had 25, 30, 35 needles um, throughout the whole entire stay. And um, it was a couple of days before I was leaving the hospital to, to be transferred to another hospital. And the doctor was talking to me. A nurse came in to give me a an injection into the belly like this anti-clotting agent i think it was mm. and as she was the doctor said to me look um she'll come back tomorrow and show you how to do this i'm like show me how to do what <laughs> <She> said, <laughs> right show you how to inject yourself i'm like no 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 no. you don't understand <laughs> right yeah. you know this will never this is never going to happen what i'm going to do yeah. is i'm going to call a nurse to my home every day but after i get back um and she can come five minutes, give me that injection and leave, right? Because it, I was supposed to do this by myself. Um, and then I was sitting in my bed the next morning. I was doing some breathing, breath work. And mm -hmm. I said, look, I'll do what I do for these events. I've never done it in that context. Mm -hmm. um, 
Because I'd said to myself, hey, you just wrote a book called Yes, You Freaking Can, and you can't give yourself an injection into the belly. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting on my bed thinking, okay, you know, man up here and that, just, just do it, right? Uh-huh. So I, I sat there. I, like I said, I do have a phobia with, with uh, um, needles and injections. And yeah. So I was sitting there and I was, I said, okay, I'll visualize myself, giving myself the injection. And then I was trying to figure out, mm, how, what does it feel like? How could I physically hold a needle? So there was a pen on the locker next to the bed. I took the pen, pretended I was a needle, and started just practicing. And like that sounds completely ridiculous. But for me, it was a big deal. And um, mm-hmm. the nurse came in a while later. Um, she explained it to me, and she was just going to uh, give me my injection. I'm like, no, 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 just, just give me a needle. It's fine. I'll do it myself. Not believing I would ever see the, say these words, right? right? So I took the needle, gave myself the injection into the belly, handed her back the needle, and just turned around and went, yes. She's <laughs> 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 looking at me saying, what? What was that? About? <laughs> and I'm like, look, for most people, this is not a big deal whatsoever. Yeah, for right. me, it was a big challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to acknowledge myself for actually going through with it and overcoming the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm saying that is you know, a lot of your listeners are not uh, afraid of needles, okay? Some maybe, some are not. But there's, we all have something. We mm-hmm. all have something where, you know, going into a certain event or situation or context or anxiety is triggered let's say mm-hmm. and that may be an important presentation or like a job interview like i said or you know a sports competition that you want to perform well at or maybe a first date and you've come back on a dating scene after you know being in a relationship for years and and now you need to start meeting people again and and, and you're not so um confident about yourself or about how it's going to go mm-hmm. um and the techniques I find will work for all of the above and others. Um, what I mean is, so in that example, I use the visualization where I just close my eyes, connect with my breath, and see myself being the way I need to be for that particular event. Mm-hmm. Now, when there are other people involved, you can't really control how they're going to show up or behave so mm-hmm. focusing on your own, um, how you show up, um, the self-talk that you're going to have right through it and stepping into yourself in that future point in time and see it go the way you want it to go and see yourself being as how you want to be is extremely powerful because it's basically putting these images, doing it from a, rela- a relaxed state into your subconscious and our subconscious is in effect our autopilot and it's going to help carry you through it and i've had situations where i'm doing something after such an exercise and it feels like my conscious brain is stepping back from what i'm doing saying how the hell are you doing this you know you Mm -hmm. felt completely distracted going into this situation or completely stressed or whatever and it's because it's my autopilot is bringing me through it right so it's getting reaching the autopilot so that's that's 
one I find very powerful. Um, a quick version of that is what I call a rep. So a rep being a rapid, effective preparation. Mm. And it's literally a two-minute thing before going into, for example, before going into a sports competition or that important presentation, for example, or interview, um, where you just connect with what is it, what's the outcome you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Now, based on that outcome, then, how is it you want to show up? How is it you want to behave throughout this event in order to have the maximum chances of achieving the outcome? Mm-hmm. And then is the interesting part where you put this into your brain, into your subconscious to say, look, okay, for example, I speak clearly um, I have calm energy and I don't know, whatever it is, I'm, I listen to understand or I listen before I speak, whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. And it's not a case of just saying those words. It's a case of each time you focus on one of those behaviors as, as to how you want to show up for a moment, you're seeing yourself be that way. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're telling yourself mm-hmm. in the present tense, not in the future tense. For your brain, it's a very different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if I say I listen before I speak, as an example, I'm seeing myself for a split moment um, in that behavior. So it can be from a different context, something in the past, or I speak clearly or slowly or whatever it is for you um but you're seeing yourself for a split second being that way already so Mm -hmm. maybe from something in the past and you're stepping into yourself at that moment and your brain is understanding okay that's how i am so you're kind of bringing it more into your self-identity um and you're telling your brain okay brain right now this is happening right now. This is how I'm showing up. This is me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just saying the words, but using the images. Because, again, subconscious is working with images, not just with words. Mm-hmm. So kind of putting in that target state, if you want, or that desired um, state, giving your brain that image to lock onto. And when you go into the event, um, the chances of you, of you being that way are way increased. Mm, mm-hmm. Now I do it a certain way, you know, I'm, I'm standing there saying, okay, I'm focusing this event. If you go to my site, trevorlynch.net in the resources section, you'll see a video of this. And, um, and then I'm using my hand in a certain gesture, like one, two, three, these are three things. I'm three ways I'm going to be. I've mm-hmm. done this in my car. I've done it in the men's room before an event. I've done it in my hotel room. Um, And I've had coaching clients which have done the same thing and they've seen a difference as to how to show up. It's it's incredibly simple and incredibly effective. Mm. I love that. That's so empowering. You know, I think a lot of people feel like hopeless or they feel like they can't do anything or they're going to, you know, trap themselves into thinking that that's just the way it plays out. But, um, that was, we have such powerful minds that 
if we can just kind of have that moment before the event happens to place ourselves in the experience first, I can see how that can definitely like reduce the amount of anxiety going into it. Incredibly so, incredibly so. And if it's something that's really important, what I would normally do as well is do some exercise in the morning just to reduce mm-hmm. the base stress levels in the body. Mm-hmm. So your base stress level is lower than what it normally is before even starting. Because if you're starting mm-hmm. from a, a place where you're already stressed from something else, you know, and that line has moved up, um, you add a peak of stress on there, it's less easy to handle the situation in that in that uh in that case so getting your stress levels down um working some visualization maybe that morning or even the day before Mm -hmm. and you know going into this two-minute rep right before the event Mm -hmm. incredibly powerful I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that's going to be really useful for a lot of people. I believe so. And, you know, the magic is in the doing always. Right. Us as human beings, we know a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. but we don't always do what we know. And um, (laughs) I, I, I work in people development and, um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, I can learn this and I learned that. Yeah, but do you do it, you know? Right. Um, I can learn a lot of things and I can have the knowledge, but if I never actually use it, it doesn't make any difference in my life. Correct. So yeah. just experimenting with it. And, you know, people find their own angles on it. Um, if you look at that video, you'll see on my site, you'll see the, the way I actually do this doesn't mean you have to do it that way. That's just my angle on it. It, You just do Mm -hmm. it in whatever way works for you and experiment with it. And, you know, step, take a moment and step back after the event, for example, and take a look at how did it go for you? How did you show up? Mm -hmm. Were you showing up as you had planned? Um, How did the preparation help or not mm-hmm. and and what will you continue next time or what would you change next time in order to have your brain work with you and not pull you back you know mm-hmm. not be telling you these stories about mm, not sure you're good enough for this you know last time we did a presentation <laughs> it really didn't go well or or whatever event it was you know because our self-talk as well going in Mm-hmm. It's really, really key. I think controlling that self-talk with more positive affirmations, um, mm-hmm. trying to push out some of the negative talk that we can sometimes have helps as well. Because if we mm-hmm. tell ourselves, oh, okay, um, last presentation didn't go very well or the last date or, or whatever it was didn't go very well, you know why would this be any different or maybe it's me or i'm not good enough for this type of thing or whatever that negative self-talk is um it's important to push it out and replace it with something more positive you know 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are different ways of, of, of boosting your self-esteem as well, because I do find that if your base level of self-esteem is relatively low, it's even harder to to show up at your best um, and knock it over the park as such for, for certain events. And I've asked this question, Lindsay, to professionals in Europe, in Asia, and, and in the US around, are you better at criticizing yourself or complimenting yourself? Like, which mm-hmm. do you do most? Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, and these are professionals with like master's degrees, doctor's degrees even, and approximately 70% of the answers are better at criticizing myself than complimenting myself. Mm-hmm. So if we're in that space, I mean, how can we have the right level of self-esteem to go into something feeling more confident about our abilities and if it doesn't work out that we're not so impacted as well because we understand our true value inside you know so uh, there are some activities you can do around that for example um one is creating your wow list like what is it you like appreciate or even love i say even Mm -hmm. love because some people see it as a strong word about yourself about who you are what, mm-hmm. what qualities do you have that make you this incredible human being? Mm-hmm. And knowing that, I think, is key, especially in certain contexts or when certain things happen. Somebody leaves you or you lose your job or, you know, things didn't work out the way, the way you had hoped. Having that... Um, core inside of you that's stronger helps you just to reframe things i guess and think you know well that wasn't for me there's something else out there that's better matched to who i am whether it's Mm -hmm. a person whether it's a job or or whatever that context is um it's not about me it's just about it's not a good fit as an example but Mm -hmm. when our self-esteem is is low we have more of a tendency, I find, to say it's about us and yes. not about and not about that fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You kind of um, start tying a personal story to the experience about ourselves in a lower state instead of looking at it from a more objective view. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It it happens to the best of us, but for, <laughs> luckily, for sure, you know we're only human at the end of the day. That's yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And I love that. Um, you know, you share that. I think it's like you know we are human, but man, if we really understood the magnificence of being human, it's like we wouldn't be saying only, right? <laughs> I know, I know. And actually, after I said only human, I'm thinking I shouldn't have said only. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) No, no, but I I just kind of caught myself on saying that because it's a strength to be human. We're not robots. You know, we're not a form of artificial intelligence. We have hearts. We have souls. We have vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, 
and I think, you know, being aware of them and being okay with them mm-hmm. um, is can be incredible, actually. And I think that's what makes us more authentic as well, whether as a leader or uh, as a parent, as a friend, you know, um, mm-hmm. being able to show that human side and uh, and be who we are. But, yeah. while respecting others obviously but just being who we are yeah yeah absolutely i love that and i'm grateful to have you know wonderful people like you to share such great insight and information to help those that haven't gotten to that perspective yet so that's amazing thank you Lindsay. um there's a phrase i like and it's a well, I'm not sure if it's a phrase but being to be courageously vulnerable mm. because we do we do sometimes think of vulnerability as being a weakness mm-hmm. um, and at the same time it takes courage to 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 show up that way and you know um open open up um yeah. and let other people understand whether it's friends family colleagues um your team understand that look hey this is how I am. I'm not perfect. You know, I've made these mistakes and I'm working on this, etc. I'm just, yeah, showing that, that human side. Yeah. I think it, it, it builds bonds. I find it builds stronger bonds as well, deeper bonds and um, can create a very different dynamic, for example, on a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does build like really strong connections. And uh, I think it brings a level of respect to, so I definitely want to hear the second part as well about like uh, being your best, even when life throws those challenges at you. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear about that too. Sure, sure. Well, it's about being, I guess, resilient, right? Yeah. Um, and a classic definition of resilience is the ability to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, Bouncing back means back to where you were before something happened. Mm. Wouldn't it be a pity that we haven't grown somehow from a challenge? Mm-hmm. So kind of how can we grow from that challenge? And I, I see resilience in three parts. The, the first is keeping your glass topped up as such. Um, mm-hmm. So you being the glass and topping it up with your certain level of inner strength and kind of having that... Um, reserve of inner strength, like almost like an insurance policy, if you want. So when something goes <laughs> wrong, you know, you have it there. Um, so that's the first piece. Um, the second then is around when you are in the eye of the storm and life is after, you know, throwing a challenge away, you're in the middle of a life storm. Um, how to, what kind of things can you do to get through that in a way that um, allows you to not be okay, but not stay in the place of not being okay and be able to advance again and come out the other side of that storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just taking the time to reflect on how have you grown from that challenge? How have you become better somehow from it and that's the bounce forward piece so life knocks you back one step how do you how do you bounce forward two steps right 
um, and not just be back to where you were initially because life is about growth as well and um, taking the time to reflect on how you've gone through this and adapted um, and were able to tap into that resilience inside of you and come mm-hmm. out to the end and figure out what did you learn about yourself and how are you better now? So th- those, those are the three lenses through which I would see um, resilience, let's say. And, mm. and within there, there are, there are different techniques, let's say, that have been proven to different extents. Um, I mentioned a couple already, I think. I, I spoke about gratitude earlier on. Mm-hmm. That being one, not focusing on what you've lost. That's something um, I mentioned earlier on also, I believe. And asking yourself better questions. Um Staying away from, I find as well, when you are in a certain state, staying away from even the news that can mm-hmm. bring you lower. You know, we've just come out of a two-year COVID period. Then, you know, Putin goes and um, sends his troops into the Ukraine and people are fearing for, war, you know, fearing World War Three. Mm-hmm. Um, so staying away from these things that can peak your, your anxiety or your stress to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, identifying as well you know what what worked for you in the past when you went through something challenging in the past what mm-hmm. worked for you um who did you speak to that actually helped and if something worked for you in the past chances are it'll work for you again today but being able to identify what that is um having that self-awareness so for me for example one of the things i that worked for me in the past was i would focus on a project I remember I went through a breakup after a seven-year relationship with somebody. Um, and I was heartbroken at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I did to uh, to get through that, what I would call um, life storm at the time, was to, I couldn't do anything to recover the relationship, um, was to focus on a different area of my life and advance somehow. So I went back to, to study for a master's degree in the evening, um, which got me to advance in a different area of life. And at the same time, was a distraction from what was causing me some, let's say, emotional pain um, at, that, at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and I've used that, you know, several times in life where it, it's not a case of, being like an ostrich and putting my head in the sand and kind of ignoring things. No, it was trying to find mm-hmm. out, okay, if this part of life is not going so well, for example, when I had those, uh, that accident um, and my two arms were immobilized, I couldn't do very much regarding my fitness, for example. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I could do some things, but, but, but not a lot. So focusing on something else to give me that feeling of growing still and advancing still and being better somehow and enjoying even um, a different part of life mm-hmm. helped to go through that and not focus on what was painful. Um, so what I did actually 
coming out of that was back writing my book, but I couldn't use my keyboard. <laughs> so mm. I activated the dictaphone function on my laptop. This is going back a few years now. Um, and was able to keep advancing there. So that, that was something that worked for me. And I'm more aware of it now. Um, I'm also aware of the fact that I don't want to overuse it because overusing it would possibly bring me to a place of being the ostrich and putting my head in the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being aware up to what level, you know, I should leverage that to help get through the, the, the storm if you want. Mm. I love that. We are so similar. I'm the same way uh, as far as like coming up with like a project. That's just kind of how I utilize uh, my time productively to get my mind off of things and to kind of channel the frustration or, or whatever emotion I'm in into something a little bit more positive. So I totally understand where you're coming from in that way. And it, it does, it helps move the time along and um, kind of takes my focus off of it so it's not so distracting. Exactly, exactly. And um, I remember speaking to a HR professional who was going through a hard time and with her team and with her manager, and she was feeling pretty bad, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a discussion, and what we agreed on afterwards was that she would focus on not how to make every day a great day, right? Mm-hmm. But to do something during each day that would make that day a better day than what she had anticipated it would be. Just pick one thing and just make it a better day. You don't have to make Mm -hmm. it a great day because sometimes we're not in that space, but Mm -hmm. doing one thing to make it better than you thought it would be. And that's Mm -hmm. different for everybody. Um, So these, these small little things, but I think they, they, they do add up for sure. Um, and another one is, you know, directing our energy and our focus to what we can influence and what we can control. Mm-hmm. Um, that's key. I find my parents separated about five years ago. Now they were together for like 49 years. Um, wow. Island family. And I'm the eldest of four siblings. And I was spending my energy and my focus on, how can I help get them back together? Mm-hmm. And it was actually sucking the energy out of me somehow because mm-hmm. it was, I was outside of my control. I couldn't even influence it at that point, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I just realized after days or maybe a couple of weeks that, look, stop, you know, stop. This is not within your control. Mm-hmm. What can you control? What can you influence? And that just changed the dynamic for me. And what I could influence more, as an example, was how my siblings were feeling about it or communicating about it. Um, I could have more of an influence on kind of keeping elements of the family together somehow, as opposed to trying to get my parents back together. Mm. Um, And that just changed, that just changed change my energy you know so that's that i find is key we often go into a space of fighting against something which over which we have no influence no control Mm -hmm. and it's it's counterproductive right you just 
it's, it's an uphill battle for sure. So just flipping it and, and, and focusing on what you can do despite what's after, despite what's after happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that. And I think that, um, in general, uh, because we can like kind of are in this physical space where we try to control everything outside of us because it logically makes sense. <laughs> it's like, well, I see it, you know, and I'm feeling it and I'm hearing it and how can I fix it? You know? Um, but I think that's so important to say, okay, I can't, that's not really my, um, responsibility to fix that, but there are other things that I can, you know, help towards, or like you said, influence, um, that will kind of shift the emotions or like the kind of the, the uncomfortableness of the situation in a different way. You can, you can still do something may not be exactly what you were thinking you should do, but, um, just kind of going within and changing the perspective helps drastically. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I loved all of that. That was so good. And I think, did you have anything else you want to share in regards to like what's in the book? Um, a lesson I, that's a lesson I learned, I guess, you know, um, so I had two close calls with the end, let's call it in the last three years. Mm. Um, and what I realized was, you know, um, in, on a deeper level than what I did, um, on a rational level was life's not about us you mm -hmm. know, when you're at least my, in my experience, when I thought it was my moment, my brain was not thinking about, you know, what kind of car did I drive or do I have really cool holidays or whatever. These things can be important for sure. But it went to a space of what do I leave behind? What kind of memories do I leave behind for the people I love? What do I do for them? Um, you know, for my daughters, did I let them with some useful life lessons that would serve them going forward, etc.? And did I spend enough quality time with them, right? Um, mm -hmm. And the lesson for me was, you know, live in a way that when your day does come, you don't have these big regrets. Mm -hmm. that, that was something um and i do have one chapter in there focused on giving back and even even in a way that sounds maybe not so extravagant mm -hmm. um but just doing something for somebody to, to create a beautiful moment for them so one of the examples is to give somebody a gift of appreciation. What does that mean? Um, if it's a loved one, for example, everybody likes to hear those three words, I love you, right? Whether it's a, you know, a parent from their uh, kids or husband and wife, etc. Um and that's not always the case in families, firstly. And I have a story about that. I was, I, it would probably take too long here to, to go into that. But when somebody tells you that they love you, have you ever wondered, what do they love about you? Mm -hmm. so it's really nice to hear those words. And at the same time, it would be nice to 
understand what that is. What do they like, love, or appreciate about you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they may be feeling the same thing. So I do this exercise sometimes in, in a workshop where I have people put them into a certain um, kind of mindset firstly and then have them write a note to whoever they want um, which is basically telling that other person everything that you appreciate about them um, and offering it to them as a gift and just creating this beautiful moment for them and this beautiful memory for them um, around everything that you find incredible about them. And um, people often end up in tears doing it, myself included. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just such a precious moment when you do. I did it for a friend of mine a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. A, A friend from Ireland, you know, going back 20 years or so. And I told him over the phone, I said, look, if you're not sitting down, maybe sit down. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was asking me, is everything okay? I'm like, yes, it's, it's okay. I just want to tell you something. You know, we've been friends for years and I just want to tell you everything I appreciate about you. And at the end of it, he was really touched. And at the end, he said, look, mm-hmm. could you send that to me by, you know, email or text or something? So I have it as a, as a souvenir. <laughs> Right, so I can look back on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It did feel, to be quite honest with you, it did feel like having to be vulnerable. So going back to what I said earlier on, it felt like I did have to have that courage to go into this space where we normally don't go. You know, especially mm-hmm. guy to a guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was glad I did. So was he, obviously. And I, I was really happy that I did. And um, that's that's one example of when I have used it personally with somebody outside of my family. And, and a lot of families don't even say those words, don't even tell each other that they love each other. It was the case mm-hmm. in my family for years. Mm-hmm. And... I grew up in Ireland in an era where nobody spoke about their feelings, especially not guys. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at a at a church one day. I went to the confession and the priest asked me, you know, do you love your parents? I said, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Did you ever throw your arms around your mom and tell her you loved her? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was maybe 16 years old or something like this. And I'm like, are you kidding? And, oh, wow. Um, so, but he planted a seed. It mm. was a wise old priest and he planted a seed in this teenage brain of mine at the time. And I went back, was look, looked at my mom. She was cooking dinner. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to do this. <laughs> But he planted that seed and uh-huh. a few days later, or maybe it was a week or two later, I don't remember, it's it's been a while now, I built up the courage to do it. Now, nobody in our family had ever done that, right? 
Mm. My parents had never told us at that time that they loved us and we didn't um, say the same back, obviously. So, so I told her for the first time, she was very pleasantly surprised. She told me she loved me as well. And you know, you know, the way that we talk about cultures taking a long time to change, you know, a company culture, for example, can take a long time to, to change in a different direction. I found that, you know, in that example, family cultures can also take a long time to change. But it mm -hmm. did. The culture in our family did. And it took up until, I think, maybe two or three years ago mm -hmm. that everybody was able to tell everybody else in the family that they love them in one form or another, but just using mm -hmm. those words. It took a long time, but it did. And that was thanks to a wise old priest, you know, planting <laughs> that seed. And um, I would encourage, if it's not the case in your listeners' families, to find the courage to do it. And if you're doing that already, it's great. It's beautiful. Bring it to the next level and tell them what is it you love about them. Mm. you know that goes deeper you may mm. also by the way be tempted to say and if you could change this one thing <laughs> because it drives me crazy um so avoiding going into that space for that conversation so it's not about that it's about giving them this gift have that conversation at another time but um not at the same moment i would say so yeah that's, that, that's 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 the you know that's kind of the last thing to your to your question a while ago um when when someone you know when when somebody passes it's too late mm -hmm. is, is where this came from initially and then i had the realization that okay maybe maybe it's not going to be the others maybe it's going to be me right mm -hmm. um, that could go first so not waiting until it's too late um, to do these kind of things, which and live and live with whatever regrets that would um, trigger, you know. Mm -hmm. I love that. I was just getting ready to say this. Like a lot of times, people feel um, safe to say all these wonderful things, and the person's gone. It's like, well, that would have been nice. Maybe they would have lived a little longer <laughs> if they, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes you can't control everything, but you know, sometimes just knowing that you're loved and appreciated, I mean, you'd be amazed at how they can just change someone's life and in, in such a different drastic way to not feel so alone or isolated or like, like no one cares and so i love that that's so important i don't know why it's so hard for for us to be vulnerable in expressing like appreciation for um mm -hmm. each other but uh it is a big thing uh, and especially for a lot of men too it's it's uh scary i think sometimes to talk about how you feel to be open and vulnerable maybe fear of rejection or something i don't know Yes, I would say, and I often associate, um, like I mentioned earlier, courageous and vulnerable in the same sentence, or mm -hmm. strong and vulnerable in the same sentence, because it depends on the culture as well. That your, I mean, your national culture. Mm -hmm. um, it's 
not always easy to step into that space, especially I find for men. Yeah. So linking linking courage or strength to the word vulnerable can maybe help flip that. Mm-hmm. And it's about self-talk as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Telling ourselves, whoa, they're going to react. They're going to look at me as if I'm really weird or I've, I don't know, smoked something or whatever. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I tell them something like this, it's a story that we can tell ourselves mm-hmm. about how we, how we may be perceived by the other person if mm-hmm. we go into that space. And that story can hold us back from doing it. So the easiest part, <coughs> excuse me, of this exercise is probably writing out all of the things you love about that person. Mm-hmm. The challenging part for a lot of us is actually then going and delivering the message. Mm-hmm. So let I would let your listeners, if I may, yeah, with that one challenge to go and what? create that one beautiful moment, even just for one person. Mm-hmm. <coughs> see the impact it has on them and how it makes you feel and then consider Mm -hmm. what could you do next could you do it for others or what what could you do next Mm -hmm. i love that absolutely and and also leaving something behind too um that when you made that point i that really resonated with me and uh I think I got to that space as well um, with podcasting. It's like, you know, tomorrow's not promised. You never know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, I think about all of the amazing people that have left a lot of wisdom and books and things that we still reference. I mean, like Albert Einstein. I mean, all these people we still reference today. I mean, if they had never taken the time to leave something behind, man, we'd be so lost. So, um that's so important to to leave an impact or some type of legacy or something to um, leave that behind too. For sure, for sure. What I'm thinking as a last message right now in the spur of the moment is if you're in doubt about whether you can do something or not, tell yourself, you know, yes, you freaking can. Yes. Right. And even if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, learn from it. Mm-hmm. You've stepped out of your comfort zone in any case. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've stepped out of that comfort zone has already made it made it somewhat bigger. And and you've learned and grown from it somehow. And just if it's not giving you the result you want, either adapt your approach or go in a different direction. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I loved it. Uh, Trevor, you're awesome. I love this whole conversation. I could talk to you for like two more hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. So how can others get in touch with you, find you, and your book? Sure. So you can connect with me on trevorlynch.net. So T-R-E-V-O-R-L-Y-N-C-H.net. The book is called Yes, You Freaking Can. And the links to my social media um, accounts are 
on that website also. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. And I look forward to connecting with you. And if you find this useful for your team, your organization, whoever, just reach out. It would be a a pleasure to step into that space with you and um, share stories and examples and techniques and yeah help us to and others as well to kind of step into challenges that we see right now and um help knock them out of the park i would say yes absolutely Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you have some wonderful things you want to get to your family, your evening. So thank you again for your time. Thank you, Lindsay. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. All right. Stay here. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.